It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, there's been lots of discussion over why Lee County didn't issue a mandatory evacuation order until about 20. 20- 24 hours before Hurricane Ian made landfall. A few political leaders have claimed the area wasn't even in the cone of concern. The truth of the matter is Costa Caya, where the official landfall took place, was in the cone of concern at 11 a.m. Friday, September 23rd, about five days before landfall. If you remember, most of the state, including all of us here in South Florida, were in the cone of concern at that point. And at no point until landfall was that part of Lee County out of the cone of concern. So, What's the issue here? And does something need to change? Let's discuss it with famed former Channel 4 chief meteorologist Brian Norcross. He's now the hurricane specialist at Fox Weather, and his book is titled My Hurricane Andrew Story. You can follow him on Twitter at B Norcross. Brian, always a pleasure speaking with you. Good morning, man. Uh, why do we continue to have these issues sometimes with the cone of concern? And, and people, no matter how often they're told not to, seem to continue to want to focus on the center of the, that cone. Well, the more frightening thing is that the public officials that are trained and know better uh, want to keep focusing on the cone when they have very specific warnings uh, on how high the water would come yeah. uh, there in southwest Florida uh, well in advance. And they did not communicate that in a way that the public uh, could understand it. The way the system is supposed to work is that information going out to the public all of the information from the hurricane center both the very simple information which is the cone and the the more sophisticated information which are these odds of various bad things happening and Mm -hmm. so forth all get get distributed but the local officials are trained and they the hurricane center has been training them for years how to use this information and how it applies to their uh, very local area so, for example, in Lee County, they have this chart. Right. And the chart says if there's an X percentage of X high water, then you're supposed to evacuate zone A. If it's a certain percentage of happening, of occurrence, you know, like it's a 50% chance that you're going to have seven feet of water, right. then you evacuate zone A, right? And if there's a 50% chance you're going to have 10 feet of water, you evacuate zone B. And the percentages are actually pretty low. Uh, you know, 20% chance of, of killing people is a pretty good chance of killing right. people. You yeah. know? So you, you, you're not going to take a chance. So that's where the breakdown came. I and mean, they had storm surge watches and storm surge warnings. Yes, they were on the edge of the cone, but that that should not have been even part of their consideration. They had plenty of other information that said the, those islands were danger zones. And we need to talk about the possibility of evacuating them. Uh, As you say, when the cone indicated that the storm could go there, they should have started talking about the possibility. And then when they got the data from the Hurricane Center saying that there was a good chance of these islands going underwater, then pull the trigger on the evacuation. But it's a process, right? Nobody can leave home with the drop of a hat. I mean, people just won't do that. They have to look for reasons 
mental reasons not to because it's a very hard and wrenching thing. And especially so, anyway, in that, that's the problem. And Brian, especially in that area that was su- surprised and devastated by Hurricane Charlie, uh, you know, 18 years ago or whatever it was, th- th- there was a lot of discussion and, and even changes made after Hurricane Charlie, coincidentally enough, about to the cone of concern. They took the line out of the middle and stuff like that. But it still seems that even even among some meteorologists that I know know better, uh, we're saying, you know, Sunday and Monday, the, the storm is, you know, looks like it's going to be affecting the, 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 the Tampa area and the media. That's where the well, media they, stage because of that. Yeah, right, right. So, it, which is identical to what happened during yes. Hurricane Charlie. Yeah. Uh, back then it was uh, Governor Bush. And, uh, you know, he was there with the FEMA people and the media people all concentrated in Tampa. Right. And what did the storm do? It drove down the right side of the cone. I mean, it was so identical to this scenario that it is just absolutely frightening that, uh, you know, everybody from, again, the governor to the local officials didn't say, well, I wonder if this Hurricane Charlie thing could happen again. Right. And it do that even on a very superficial level without all the other information I was talking about with that by ignoring the storm surge watches and storm surge warnings and and uh, the odds of various heights of water. And remember, and this should have been part of their conversation to their people, because their people, they're not really used to hurricanes, right? They had Irma, yeah. which would have done this, by the way, if it had tracked 35 miles farther left. Right. Those islands would have been underwater, right? But it didn't. It went just inland, so every, everything was pretty much spared. But that's just about the most vulnerable place on the entire U.S. coast for storm surge. Yeah. Those islands, uh, Fort Myers Beach and, and Sanibel and Captiva uh, and the part of Naples that is near the uh, near the water. Uh, there is there is no more vulnerable place than right there. And that, you know, for people there that that live there that didn't know that, that's what the local officials should have been saying. I want you to remember this. is We are yeah. tremendously vulnerable to storm surge here. So let's get our mind around the idea that we might have to evacuate. And, and take it step by step until they had to pull the trigger because the data said it was too risky. I don't know. That's, the system isn't complicated if you know it, it's, but it's not superficial. Well, it's not just are we in the cone or not. And right? it's following it's through on that. the yeah, and it's following through on the system. We never have enough time with you. In the last 30 seconds, what, what needs to change? Is it just a matter of messaging and the media so this something like this doesn't happen again where people are surprised? Well, no, something has to happen, I think, to combine the cone and the warnings. So it's got to be, you know, the cone, the cone can't be, you know, it's, it's got to be more than the cone. Yeah. And so I think they should set up a protocol and say, here's how we recommend that you display this. And then, then people can use it or not, but at least there's a structure in place that is a recommended way of displaying and communicating that comes from FEMA to emergency managers and comes out of the Hurricane Center in sort of a joint presentation of a recommend a recommended system yep. for conveying hurricane forecast. Fortunately, it's a conversation that's going to have to take place again once this hurricane season is over in a few more weeks. Uh, Brian, always a pleasure. Thank you for making the time for us. We appreciate it. All right, Manny. Good to talk to you.